And we're recording. Hooray. So we are going to review episode two of um, The Last of Us. Um, and I am going to apologize once more for um, possibly f- uh, going all nerd. Again, like I did That's last. That's what we're here for. We have the opportunity to do so. So, well, you have the opportunity to do so. Well, this episode, this episode was very popular. Um, the the last one, the first one, um, which I'm very thankful for. Thank you for everybody who listened to it. I hope you're listening to this one too. Um, so right off the bat, I'm gonna say, um, we have an explanation as to what. Or rather, where this cordyceps infestation occurred it was in Jakarta, which um, was mentioned in the first episode. They they had martial law, I think is what they said, and then this episode um, started in Jakarta, where they you know these guys pick up this. <coughs> This lady, by the way, this is also like the beginning of last episode, not in the game. Okay. Um, but very, very good. Yes, it I was very the, good. I love the hell out of it. Love the hell out of it. I thought this was weird. And when we were first watching it on Sunday night, I was like, eh, is it, like, do I, do we really need this? And then it got closer and closer to, uh, the start, the traditional start of the episode, or the uh, whatever you want to say. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it got to the later part of this, and it all paid off. Yeah. Um, because <clears throat> you know they, uh, what I thought this show did great with this episode is, um, they get this scientist who is a specialist in. I assume, they say it. I think she actually. I think it was a, just straight up cordyceps. We have, we have it playing right now. I'm sure it'll explain it. But she she's knowledgeable, a specialist in her field, which I assume includes, like Brian said, the cordyceps. Um, and there's a part where, um, you know, she looks at this uh, microscope. And says, why is this uh, sample been treated with this chemical, um, which is typically uh, used for human samples? And the general guy says, because it came from a human, uh, they go to this human who looks like it's been shot in the head because it was infected. Uh, It looks like it was she was bitten on the leg. Um, Long story short. Uh, the the cordyceps the mouth cordyceps I guess thing um, rears its ugly head she pulls it out of the, the subject's body and then instantly freaks out and what I did like about how they shot it was if I could nerd out about that for a second is when she pulls him out the cordyceps kind of look like they're reaching out at her which I think is terrifying the <clears throat> the imagery of this show is um has been surprisingly uncomfortable. Yes. I'm, there are multiple scenes so far. I am super uncomfortable watching it. Um and that's just credit to the show cuz 
it it just the show itself looks really fucking good. The qual yes. the quality of it's fantastic. So she pulls out the, the cordyceps. I'm showing Brian right now because I'm sure Brian saw this, but um, I thought it was one of the better shots of uh, the thing. She pulls them out and they kind of look like they're. Oh, yeah, you're right. going. They yeah, they're like they're reaching out at her and then she instantly starts to freak out and then leave. I think the scariest part is that this chick is dead on this slab and the cordyceps are alive. That's creepy. But anyway. Um, then it goes to the general being like, Hey, we need you to work on a vaccine and, or tell us like what we can do to, to stop this. And she just goes straight to murder. She goes, you need to bomb. Well, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous, but scary at the same time is, Oh, the, the, when, uh, when uh, I first saw, it, I'm just like, I know exactly how this conversation is going to go. It was, I mean, it's a little, it was a little predictable, a little cliche for the genre, but I mean, do you really have a choice any other way to put it? It's kind of the way it had to yeah, go. Yeah, she just straight up says bomb. But this is after an explanation of um, uh, this happened at a flower factory. Um, <clears throat> and this is where this lady got infected. And what the scariest thing um, is there's a thing let's see they basically said patient zero is still out there yeah so they executed the other ones that were infected and then yeah so then she asks well who bit her and it's oh we don't know so it's like they're still out there that's the scary thing that's that's the scary part because you don't know how especially a place like that highly highly densely populated area at yeah. that point, it's been out there for what he'd say, 30 hours. So 30 hours of it just quietly spread or not quietly spreading, but spreading. Um, it's at the point where, yeah, it's probably already out of hand to the point where you can contain it to a reasonable amount of it spreads as it is suggested. So, uh, yeah, she just immediately knew. Uh, yeah, we're fucked. So let's just put us up to it here. and boop. Yeah. So once it kind of like, well, who bet her? And nobody mm -hmm. had an answer. She kind of, um, Oh, that too. Oh, how many workers are missing? 14. That's, now see, that's now what now I was thinking. Yeah, of. Now there's 14 patients zero out there basically. So that, that was, that was a thing in my head. I was like, isn't there something <clears throat> else that they kind of elaborate on? Um, so she, after learning of this information, she, she instantly goes the bomb. What's funny is, it's a little comical. I'm not saying it, it's like a joke, like it's bad. It's a little comical that the scientist says, just bomb the shit out of us. And the general is like, what? Like, usually it's the other way around. Yeah, usually it's a general like, I'm sorry, I just got to. It's like, you know, you give me you give me like six months, I could probably get a vaccine. It's like, nah, I think we're just going to bomb this shit. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, that, wolf, that coyote has rabies. Well, nuclear explosion. Let's just get rid of all of it. Um. So that I thought was a little, a little nuts, but not bad. Um, you know what this episode did really, really well. Everything is, <clears throat> well, I mean, minus one. My, my my takeaway from it, again, as someone who did not play the games, is they gave they put out so much information about the about the cordyceps and like how it spreads and the infected throughout the entire episode, and they never made it boring. They right. literally gave you little bits of information about how everything worked 
throughout the entire episode, and they did a fantastic job doing that. The pacing of the show is next to perfect. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing they do really well is... Um, what's, what's the word? This the uh, the game. I think I talked about this last time. It feels like this Cordyceps thing is its own character, which in the games it didn't have. But they're still giving it this. It's basically and, hive mind kind of a thing. Yeah, they I, have exp- the an, way they explained it. Anonymity, like a, a, anonymous <laughs> type thing. It's like it's it's a, almost a character, ever so looming, but it doesn't have an exact face. Yeah, kind of deal. So, uh, so a lot of this episode, I felt like was a nod to the game and some game cliches. So they have this conversation with Ellie, like, you know, they're watching her, you know, she's sleeping and whatnot. And, um, by the way, this episode was directed by Neil Druckmann, who directed the uh, video games. So kudos. Oh, really? Oh, this is pretty. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to keep it pretty faithful. Yeah. I just think that's the coolest thing. And so Joel, Ellie and, um, Tess, uh, they are trying to get to the Capitol building in Boston to hand off Ellie and they get find they go through this hotel, which a part of it collapses, and they do the whole video game thing of oh I can't especially in this game gotta go around like yes, and what Brian doesn't know about the game is is there's so many moments where it's either Ellie or somebody else has to go on forward and unlatch something, unlock something, or move something. It's constant. Um, not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's it's a part of the game. So to have that little nod was no the oh the <clears> computer <throat> yeah. sorry well hadn't having that nod was um pretty cool and then you find out something else that I don't believe is in the game where the cordyceps and uh, fungus and whatnot um when it um is like i guess when it's i don't know if it's being stepped on or if Tess says if you step on it they could know where you are it's just when it's really receiving stimulus it's yeah it's kind of like active so like if there's other uh infected nearby and they're kind of connected it'll send them off and whatnot yeah again kind of like a hive mind right exactly so uh a lot of this episode was weaving in and out of like different areas. Um, they uh, see that the way that they want to go is blocked off by hundred. What seems like hundreds of infected. Um, un- enough. Yeah, too that, many. That are like weirdly enough just rolling around in the ground, which I don't remember being a thing in the game. But hey. Uh, I don't mind them changing things. And so they decide, oh, we need to go the long way. And the long way is through the museum. And this is where I think it gets the most interesting, other than the 
walk on the freeway when it's like, oh, um, you know, do you have a boyfriend or whatever? And Ellie's like, no. Should we be worried about uh, infected that like throw spores and stuff like that? And they kind of like laugh it off. <clears throat> I assume I assume that was alluding to something in the game. Yes, there are ones that l- throw spores. Well, and, a lot of them, and I'm sure that may be coming out <clears throat> at some point in the series if they're going to at least allude to it. Yeah, maybe it would be good foreshadowing. I mean, cordyceps I did learn is spread through, uh, primarily through spores. So, um, going back to this, so they go through this museum. There's a ton of infected inside that are like, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like at a certain point, they kind of die. They kind of fall to the ground and then they, some of them, like you find them against walls or in corners and they like blossom. They like, yeah, again, like that was, that that was a really uh, good point that they, they made a pass that info in the show is how long do they last? Well, some will last a month, but some can last 20 like 20 years has that been going on so it's just kind of a you sometimes there's a little bit of luck can you wait can you wait out some of it yeah you came in and wait out some of it but you can't wait out all of it right and it kind of gave you that feeling of like oh you could run into somebody who just turned or you can run into something like uh worse that's been around for 20 years that's a little scary so uh they go through this you know this museum and then they find someone who a dead person who looks like they've been more or less ripped apart. And Joel and, and, um, Tessa, Tess, am I getting your name wrong? I think it's just Tess. Is it Tess? It doesn't matter. Whatever. So, um, they have this moment of like back and forth, which I think is awesome where it's scary too. Where they're like, I didn't hear, I don't hear anything. And you're like, well, why? I mean, as a guy who's played the game, I didn't have that. But like, I would imagine people are like, what do you mean you didn't, you don't hear anything? Like, what is that supposed to allude to? Um, And then um, they, they, you know, from this point on, nobody says anything, you know? Joel says, you guys got to keep quiet or silent, not just quiet, silent. They get upstairs and then that's when you start hearing a, a clicker, which is the guys with the blossoming heads. Again, and, very impressive imagery. Yes, <laughs> they did look a little ridiculous, a little over the top a bit, a little over the top. Now, I, when you look, when it, when you can pull off something that looks so good, though, you can. I guess I'm totally okay with you going a little over the top of it. Here's the thing. I think it looked ridiculous for one reason, and I'm not saying this is bad, and I don't, I didn't mean to say ridiculous as a, as a bad thing. I think one of the actors they got to play a clicker was taller and much bigger than a typical one. Because in the game, like, no offense, but in games, your typical goon like NPCs yeah. are all the same. They might wear different clothes. They might be colored different, shaded different, all that stuff. But they're usually the same. Um, like you, I'm sure you play Halo. So the the um, Covenant, 
Yeah. Is that what they're called? Actually, the like the little goon guys. <coughs> yeah. They all look the same. They're just different colors. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Now all of a sudden you see one that's got two feet on the other one. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, th that's what I mean. Yeah. So like the actor that got, so when I saw him, I was like, what the fuck? It's like, this dude's like tall. But I think, I think, cause I think it's a, just easier to do when you're programming a game to just have them all the same, right. all no, the absolutely. same. But then when you're doing a show, when you have a whole bunch of actors that are all different, you can have a little, you can play around with it. With these adaptations, my suspension of belief can get its legs kicked out from under it very fast, but I, it picks itself up very, very fast, which uh, I say because that scene with the clickers, that was so video game-like in how to get away from them because I don't know how many times I've been in a room with those things, and I was like, okay, well, now I'm just going to run away, circle back, and hope it loses me, and sometimes it does. Because you throw a beer bottle or something and it gets thrown off. So um, that I thought was great. And then it was cool that Joel kind of motioned to them and said, uh, motioned to Ellie and was like, they don't, they, they can't they, see, but they, they can't hear. see. They can hear you, though. And then he even has that moment where he kind of loses it and then turns around because he hears it and flashes the light and it's like looking in his direction. But doesn't see him. It moves. It turns its head and then moves off. Um, but then he gets to Ellie, who's literally just huddled in one spot, and then is like, "Come on!" And then he steps on a fucking piece of glass or something, and the fucking thing jumps at him, which scared the shit out of me. Because they did this. That's probably the smartest thing in this and shows like this is. Joel made the mistake, stepped on something, and instead of being a jump scare, they hesitated. Yeah. To have the clicker jump. jump. Yeah. So you had that moment of, like, fuck, and then you had that split second of, oh, maybe they didn't hear it, and then he fucking jumped him. So um, that's much better than turning the corner and then it's like, bah. It's yeah. Like <laughs> you have, you know what? You, that that's the one thing with like horror movies and stuff that I think they need to play with more, is you can have jump scares. But don't make all of them immediate. Give them a second to think that everything's fine. But they, in horror movies, they do this stupid thing where uh, you think it's jump scare, and it's not. And then that's it. They leave you on that. Yeah, and that's I know like, it's, that's the, the first silent mo a moment within like the first 15, 20 minutes of the show, right. uh, or the movie. Then it's just quiet, and then a little bit later down. Then and I know, I know why they do that. It's because you are so heightened that the scare they do get you on pays off more. But I think it's incredibly <clears throat> cliche now. Yeah. That's why I show like this show. I hope they continue to do that. Cause it's like some of them don't need to pay off, but some of them need to be, it's not a video game. I step on a freaking rock and something hears me. I don't need it to jump me right away. Maybe it investigates it and stuff like that. But anyway, um, Ellie has one of my favorite lines of the show so far when um, they go in this hotel. This is just before Tess goes on forward to clear space for him or unlock a, a door um, where Joel uh, Ellie's playing around with the, the front desk of this hotel. And Joel's like, you're a weird, you're a weird kid. And Ellie goes, you're a weird kid. And like, 
pushes this bellhop thing away from her. And I just thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, I just thought that was fun. It was very Joel and Ellie like. So, um, it's it, I mean, again, I have <clears throat> don't play the game, but I mean, the way that it's being portrayed is like the chemistry between them and the show has to be absolutely on point for it. To right. Work. I le- well, not for it to work, but for it to um, to live up to the game. Yes. Like that's that's a key aspect of uh, what makes makes the game great. And, and it's not even that it's it has to live up and or. Wait, is that what you just said? Am I just repeating what you said? It's, it's got to live up to that expectation. Or at least yeah. do it. Oh, I'm, I know what I was going to say. Is do it, at, do it justice at least. Yeah. I think the only thing I could possibly complain about with this show right now is that I thought they were un, uh, surprisingly uh, content making noise in the city. Is there something I'm missing there? So, because like I would think trying to, you know that they're in the area, you would try to make as little noise as possible. They seem to have no problem speaking regular, at a regular level of uh, speaking voice and making noise here and there. So in the game, um, you know, they travel cityscapes, stuff like that. Um, they typically... would speak at a normal volume now like is that realistic maybe not but what i found was um i mean now that we know and the audience knows you know tess is a goner um which is unfortunate because i think the um character and the actress that plays her did wonderful um there is a lot of back and forth between Joel and Ellie, but um, I don't know. Like, I never really paid attention to that, but I can tell you that they have moments where they're, like, quieter or they're in the wilderness and they're louder because, and I always thought that was because the only thing they have to really worry about is, I mean, they can hear... Like, like these, these are, are infected, infected and stuff like, like that in this franchise, you, you can, can hear from quite a distance. Like, like they're, they're very distinct. distinct. Okay. Clickers click and screech, whatever. And then the infected, the, the, uh, they call them runners in the game, or I call them runners anyway, they typically like shout or yell. Scream, I guess. They're not coherent. Um, but they scream. Okay. So it's like you can hear them. I can say from one bit, um, they're going through like a forested area at one point. Um, they are a little bit quieter. Because they're having conversations. She's never more than like 10 feet away from them at all times, essentially. Mm-hmm. Unless you get into like certain fights or she's going to go do something for you um, or you have to do something for her. So them speaking at normal volumes in the city, I don't really. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was a extremely long explanation. My apologies. <laughs> they do it in the games. 
I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like in Walking Dead. You know, they, they didn't fucking care. Well, I they turn a corner and there's a herd. Walking Dead is a little different because they're super fucking slow. These guys, um, I mean, these guys in the show, they have some speed at times. Other times they're just kind of walking along. So there's a bit of a mix. But yeah, Walking Dead was was always one thing. It's just like, who cares? You can they always you can always hear them. You know they're not moving fast. If you get stuck up on one of those, you're either inside a building or stupid. Yeah, yeah essentially. So uh, they... Walking Dead's over, right? Yes. They had the last episode? Yep. Okay. But the spinoffs are coming up. Did they... I gotta catch up. If the main show can't get off the ground and half the spinoffs don't get don't really I mean the main show is over because lack of interest and previous well, the spinoffs book, already struggle it, it ended where the comic books ended okay. Robert, Robert Kirkman lied which is one of the reasons why I soured on the franchise because they did this time jump the whole Rick thing uh, now they're not doing Rick movies it's a spinoff show with Michonne and the fact that he said that he wanted the show to go past the movies. Which, which I technically, technically he is. Movies or the comic books? Oh, uh, the comic books. That's what okay. I meant. Sorry. Um, the, the fact, fact that they're having spinoffs, I guess he is right that they are doing that. But this is not, that is not what he mentioned years ago when he was like, I want the show to go farther than. Now he has shows that are would essentially be going past the comic books, but. They can do that here. There's only two games. They can have the show go further than the... You keep, know keep the show going even further. It's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking when I got home um, from school that this is the one franchise that would actually benefit from having a spinoff not related to Joel or Ellie. Joel or Ellie. Yeah, we got the second one, which people are divided by, but those people, in my opinion... Um, I, I'm not going to say are dumb, but aren't open-minded enough. I think a spinoff of the show or this video game of, a, you know, having another game like Last of Us. Um, part three is a totally different story of it doesn't matter. You know, you make it any story you want. That would actually be good. I, I I don't know. You didn't play the game, so my no, argument, I can't. I can't. Me I can't, talking about this doesn't make I any sense. I can't speak on it. So maybe I should do an episode on that. But anyway, um, that's that's my opinion. So anyway, Ellie sees these infected. They go through this museum. There's clickers. Tess gets bit, like the game. They get to the the meeting place. And but unlike the game, well, sort of like the game, sort of not like the game. Um, there's nobody there. They're being chased by I think um, um, thugs. I forget what name they have. They're scavengers, whatever you want to call them. Um, you find out Tess has been bit, and then you find out that this whole Firefly meetup, uh went south because one of them got bit and then they all started shooting at each other kind of like a um something that people would probably do 
yeah, Mexican standoff or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and then Tess tells Joel, you've got to take her to Tom. I think the, the the, the what they said was uh, take her to Tommy or he wants to find Tommy. In the game, it, it your interests intertwine because it's like Tommy is a part of the Fireflies and Joel just says, well, why don't we just find Tommy? You'll know what to do. And that's essentially what they do um, in the game is they go searching for Tommy, uh, Joel's brother. So uh, the episode ends with um, probably one of the more gross things I've ever seen in television. Yeah, that was very, uh, again, uncomfortable. Yeah, so Tess gets basically kissed by uh, what amounts to a pre-clicker. He's already kind of transforming or whatever because the infected have cordyceps in their mouths. And so I listened to and read about what the, um, Neil Druckmann, uh, Druckmann and Craig Mazin said about that. And cause the internet has been very divided on it. And they said that, um, the reason why they did that, was um, would have basically amounted to um, they wanted to portray uh, this uh, cordyceps thing as less destructive and more methodical. Methodical, exactly. So they wanted it to seem like, no, they don't want... Um, I think it it's was, not. It's not that he's like mindlessly killing, right? Kind of so thing. what it wants to do is I don't remember who exactly said it. I have to go back and watch the behind the scenes thing. But essentially, what they say is, um, it doesn't want to rip everything apart. It wants to spread. So when it when the this pre clicker or whatever you want to call it sees, um, Tess. And Tess kind of freezes. Its reaction is to, oh, um, I need to spread to her and not, oh, I need to rip this thing apart. Yeah. Because, yeah. So I thought that made sense. And I guess it makes sense. The whole, um, you know, she wasn't she wasn't fighting or whatever. So that's the react. That was the reaction of this infected but i do think that her death in the game was more uh heroic uh she basically the dialogue's close to the same she stays behind to stop um goons or to buy them time getting away from like goons essentially um and then they she dies in a firefight so um yeah, I, I mean, I'm always going to be though. There, I don't think there'll be a lot of occasions, if any, of me saying, OK, the show did better than the game in this situation because the game has such high mark. Yeah, for me. But her death is more or less paid off. I would because I, I can understand the change in a sense, because <clears throat> I mean, like Walking Dead always had a really cool slogan of. Uh, kill the dead, fear the living kind of a thing. 
because like the people were, were more dangerous than anything right at that point yeah so here i guess they're kind of doing maybe not have them go outside and all the people immediately try to kill them kind of thing of maybe they are like kind of uh, like people are not necessarily straight up the enemy in this in this moment so the enemy right now is the infected not so much people and then maybe down the line things change right well another thing is that the people equal the, sanctuary right now <laughs> the they can't do the whole running into um, raiders and stuff every other moment. True, you can't because that, that's a trope for the game. So you can't just have an endless number of people to right and it's packs of uh, scavengers. And you shit can you can do that, but the thing is, is that you have to. I don't know how many episodes this is going to be. Um, but you, you can only have that so much before it gets stale. So they're holding on to that, which I get, um, you can't have, you can't have nameless people in shows like that do that. Just these random ass groups of people, every, every interaction you have to, has to have to have have a purpose. Yeah. That idea of introducing a character or something along those lines, there has to be something more long-term involved with it in games. Who gives a shit? You have a bunch of nameless people that you just kill every now and then. Who cares? In the show, you have to be a little bit more make use of of your showtime. Yeah. So this was them basically wanting to just debut the clickers to kind of explain that whole deal. Yeah. Or to introduce you. The so. second floor of the museum. Yeah. So you know, Tess gets bit. That ex- then it ends with the explosion because Tess spills. I guess it's gasoline everywhere, and then she struggles with the lighter while getting the kiss of death. I guess you want to call it, and finally lights it and obliterates most of them. Because you do learn through that also that um, not fond of fire. The f- infected are very weak against fire, which fungus. Um, it's a trope that actually makes sense yes. in the sense in the sense of the show yeah so yeah i just can't get over how crazy this clicker scene was and the movements are so like on point with the game because they always kind of lunge and scream at you and it just freaks me out um so there's that but i mean other than that um, do we want to get to the the ranking? Sure. So I'm just going to say uh, I gave it a 40, 48 out of 50 because two things bothered me. I'm trying to, to uh, fine-tune my rating system. Um, there's a moment... It's a production thing, and by the way, not complaining, it happens. But there's a scene where they're walking to the museum, which I will show Brian, that looked a little too CGI, and it took me out of the moment. I never catch stuff like that. I'm re- there's one thing I'm bad at. I'm bad at picking out bad CGI. That's just not something I'm good at. Well, I, I, I consider I, it I consider it a blessing. So 
that I think is great. I think that's great. And by the way, I do want to say we're at an age where unless it's blatantly bad, it's not bad. So I'm not saying that this is maybe I did say bad. I didn't mean it like that. But there's a shot in this, which we're coming up to, where it just they walk across the lower quarter of the thing and you can tell it's on a backdrop. It does not look like they're there. It just looks strange. Which, uh, it's uh, a uh, yeah, I, I, it's, I can see what you mean. It's but. a show with great scale. So, like, I kind of, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock, I'm not gonna, I, I mean, I am gonna knock it just because it took me out. But then again, I'm a, I'm a fucking film major. It's I have kinda, to look at these it's things. Kinda, it's almost nitpicking. It, it is a little bit nitpicking. A which is a great, which is a great sign. We had to start nitpicking something to come up with anything. Well, negative I to mean, say. I, but another thing is, is that like I can't be giving out fifties all the time. And for me, it's a like I'm a different viewer than other people. If we're talking, if we really wanted to break these down in detail, we would base them off of the storytelling and the production value. The production value, the story. Nothing's wrong with the story. Nothing. I had no problem with any of the dialogue. That was the only problem I had. That's why it's a forty. I would get. I'm giving it a forty-eight. I actually fuck it. Give it a forty-nine. I don't care. Um. Uh, one thing that does bother me too is, um, obviously this clicker is down by the third shot that Joel does, and then he shoots it in the head while it's laying on the ground, and I'm pretty confident. It, that you only need to shoot it twice, but it's all, I was gonna say it's not quite clear to me how easy or difficult these things are to kill. Yeah, they're fucking hard as shit. So the in the game, as you can see, they got like blossoming heads. In the game, that I, I mean, obviously, you can see in this, that's like a, it's like a uh, exoskeleton. Oh, that, that is well. I mean, so okay. from what I saw from some um, concept art. Is I actually think that's their skull that's doing that. But, like, I, I, I haven't gotten a clear answer. Maybe that's something I have to look up. But uh, when you shoot them in the head, usually uh, clickers take two shots. But they move so erratically, it's very hard to do that. Okay. And the game very much pushes um, silence and uh, st or stealth. So in a lot of situations I'm in, I do my best to stealth kill him. Okay. Because um, clickers, you can't get into very ha many hand-to-hand -hand combat situations because they have a tendency to fucking win. So, um, yeah. That's why when Joel got in a fist fight with it, I was like, are they going to rewrite this that, like, Tess gets in a fucking fist fight and gets the shit kicked out of her and torn apart and they didn't go that route <clears throat> um so um if i gave it a rating i'd probably give it another 47 honestly uh i i, I have never given out a 50 and it's gonna be ex, ex, the, the way i rate is gonna be extraordinarily difficult I to thought get i would 50. be a difficult one to give no i'm 50, i i am because if, if i'm gonna give something a 50 then I, i'm basically calling it um perfect across the board and um yeah that's, historical that's, that's what i think um, it I, I might have issues trying to do that with any singular episode of a TV show. That's kind of rough. But um, if I were to try and be nitpicky right now, I would probably say 
it's just um, some things are just, I don't know, maybe a little too obvious at times. I mean, for, for this right away, I knew she was bit. I didn't need to know how the way the story goes. I didn't need to go much further. It was they made it pretty blatantly obvious to me. Um, other than that, you could you could really see where the episode was going towards the end there. Um, and that's honestly that's all I really have the shit on it for. It's just it's just a little predictable at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess my score is also. I guess this is story wise, so maybe I should shit shut the fuck up. The test death, I had a little bit of an issue with. I knew she was gonna die. She died in the game. I didn't like how she went out. I mean, I it did the same thing essentially, and then even gave a little bit of exposition on this cordyceps thing. But it was a little much. I mean, did she have to die in that moment? But like, how long does it take for someone to get bit to be to a point where you have to execute him? I think they said something like it could be like sh- as short as 15 minutes. Actually, you know what? I, I want to take, I want to take that back because I mean, could she have just like thrown down the, the gasoline and stuff and just waited and then blown up and keep on going for a bit longer? Yes, but at the same time, then you do come up, you come down to that uh, that moment where you have to make that decision: when do we kill her? And by sacrificing yourself in that moment, it definitely takes away having to go through that. Yeah. Um. Although that would make that would be kind of interesting, seeing how the characters react to having to deal with that decision. Yeah, hundred percent. Either so, or. so I mean, it ended at a point where they're still doing justice to the game. I just didn't agree with how the the tests and the kiss of death thing. Okay. I I I, I get what they were explaining, and it's and it's interesting in itself. But I just don't. I I, I guess if, I'm if they're if they're trying to give the the cordyceps more character and kind of more depth to it, then I think because that seems to be the kind of direction that they're going yes. with the whole. Yes, it, you touch it here, it you could wake something up a mile away kind right. of a thing, and it's not just blatantly wildly destructive. There is uh, it's methodical in the way it does things. Then I understand they could actually explore that a whole lot more. Um, that can be a little bit difficult to do in the games because games just naturally don't have as much. Um, you don't. Have, there's not enough hours that you can put into the game to flesh some of these things out. Video games can flesh things out so simply. I mean, unless you're like Elder Scrolls, where you have like a library full of information in the books, <laughs> uh, in books in the game, where there's just hours and hours and hours of lore that you can read up on. Um, not every game, most, the vast majority of games are are not able to pull that off. The Elder Scrolls is a little different. Um, yeah, but I think with, like, The Last of Us, they do a wonderful job of you know a lot. I mean, you don't know everything, and it, it even pays off into the next game, but um, there's enough, there's enough to know, but. Okay, but yeah, another, another fantastic episode. I'm very happy with the way that the. The show's gone so far. It might be, uh, it's something that's going to maintain to keep my attention for the next couple months. Yeah. Assuming and, it goes 10 episodes or more. And I want to replay the game already. I haven't started it yet, but I'm in the middle of a move, so it doesn't surprise me. But anyway, if you like this episode, please let us know. I know a lot of people like the last one. Um, I hope I did right by everybody this time. If I didn't, please let us know why on the Instagram. 
and appreciate all the love and support as always, and stay tuned.